0: This edition of True Heel Heat is brought to you by Mission Pro Wrestling. Mission Pro Wrestling Tournament Out of Hell is coming up on November 6th. Get your tickets now on missionprowrestling.net. If you're not able to be in the Texas area on November 6th, you can stream it live on Title Match Wrestling Network. Without further ado, this is True Heel Heat. Hello, hello, hello. It is me. It is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are back once again with a brand new podcast. We are on the road to True Hill Heat 100 with True Hill Heat 96 on this edition of True (laughs) True Hill Heat. We will be discussing the latest wrestling news, including the fallout from the WWE Draft, including the split of one of the most popular groups in WWE history. This past week in the G1 Climax 30, as the standings take shape with one more weekend to go. Fallout from GCW The Collective this past weekend, including a new virus outbreak in professional wrestling, a public dispute, and a speaking out allegation, week 50 of the Wednesday Night Wars, and a preview of the final weekend. It's been one whole month of the G1 Climax 30. I am back once again with. The resident true heel alcoholic, the president of Titan Nation. This is Top Guy JJ.
1: That's right, baby. Tighten up, motherfuckers. We stomp the bills out like a government motherfucking mule, baby. That was Four a
2: big one. That was a big one. I gotta say.
1: Did you see how how Derrick Henry threw Josh Norman like a fucking feather? <laughs> yeah. That shit got. Ooh, that shit was amazing. Oh, I know. I know this is a wrestling podcast, but that shit was fucking amazing.
0: We 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 apologize for that uh, Titan break, but our, our <laughs> princess of all the true heels, Miss Chrissy Love, can't we be with us for True Hill Heat ninety six? So we brought in a pinch hitter. He is the host of Dark Power, reviewing AEW Dark, UWN, Primetime Live, and Impact Wrestling every single week on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. He is the True Heel's resident beatmaker and lawyer extraordinaire. He is the one, the only, the man of... Many numbers, the man of a thousand numbers, Stat King.
2: <laughs> Glad to be back. Thank you guys for having me, Chrissy, wherever you are, whatever's going on. I hope everything works out, and
1: uh, can't wait to have you back
2: on True Hill.
1: It is amazing to have you back on here, John. I mean, this is what maybe like your fifth episode of True Hill Heat that you've I think been so, on. Yeah, yeah. Fifth. But you are definitely not an upgrade from Chrissy. Like you you <laughs> miss my baby already, Chrissy. You know we miss you. We love you. And you know, I just can't wait to have you back as this road to one hundred continues. Great to have you on, but definitely a spot missing right now that's fair that's yes
0: fair. We, we miss Chrissy Love but we are very happy to have the Stat King with us he is the member of the True Hill Heat YouTube channel that's been on True Hill Heat the most from his uh, times in Chicago as well as joining us previously when we had Steve Tortorello for your Wrestling so we are glad to have you back we have to start out this True Hill Heat with some sad news another loss from the wrestling community in 2020 so we want to send our condolences to the family and friends of British wrestler Ryan Smile. He uh, passed away this week after a bout with uh, mental illness and uh, a lot of uh, allegations that came out uh, in front of him earlier this year is something that he couldn't deal with. So we want to send our deepest condolences to his friends and family. So, but on a brighter note, this edition of True Hill Heat, True Hill Heat 96 is brought to you by our good friends over at Wrestling travel you know the good brother uh the clap man Justin clapper over there on their YouTube channel with the lockdown sessions also danny of their uh podcast and the lockdown sessions a shout out to them also this true hill heat is brought to you by our newest sponsored promotion mission Pro wrestling mission pro wrestling tournament out of hell is coming up on November 6th and we start off this true hill heat with uh, a huge thanks to our Alex McCarthy and Stephanie Chase for True Hill Heat 95. It's our It was our first time with two huge guests on the show. And it's probably one of my favorite uh, episodes of 2020. We had a lot to juggle with so much news and to esteem, esteem guests from the wrestling media, wrestling journalism community out in the UK. So we are very happy with that episode and very happy with their contribution. And speaking of Alex McCarthy, a huge and announcement came this week myself sp3 the true heel phenom will be one of the co-hosts with Alex mccarthy on wrestling daily which is a part of wrestle talks uh, wrestle 2 youtube channel and it's gonna kick off this coming tuesday october 20th i will be on wrestling daily with alex mccarthy every single wednesday on the wrestle 2 youtube channel so you guys definitely go check that out you can see uh that youtube channel on our our front page and you need to subscribe there to see me on Wrestle 2 with Alex McCarthy. It's an interactive chat show so we're going to be talking about all of the latest wrestling news every single day on the show and you guys can get involved by sending us a 30 minute clip with your most unpopular or as you remember our segment heated opinion on professional wrestling and we will present it on that show. It's interactive so it's going to take a lot of you guys to be a part of it but I am very happy to be a part of alex mccarthy's wrestling daily
1: it's amazing stuff there brother i mean you know, listen man to give you a lot of shit your opinions don't become any better with this promotion but this is really awesome and i love the fact that the, the, the true Hills is expanding got the connection with the uk going yes it, alex and stephanie brought so much to the to the show last week it was a phenomenal thing to see now that you're actually partners with them a good thing to see my brother and i'm happy for you man i can't i can't wait to see where this thing goes doesn't make your opinions any better but you know <laughs> proud to see this
2: <laughs> yeah okay. congrats, congratulations sid and guys we are going to be relying on all of our true heels to make sure that that interactive nature is got a little bit of heel heat behind it so remember make sure to send in those videos sid's going to be counting on them.
0: absolutely you are 100 percent right i thank you guys for that and Not so much for my opinion, but as you've said many times, Top Guy JJ, I watch way too much professional wrestling, and I think that's why I got chosen for this position. (laughs) And and
1: piggyback, honestly, man, like, I honestly, you know, I, I again give you a lot of shit, but those, if you haven't checked them out, this guy's sports key to articles are something to read. Them shits are phenomenal. Like, he, 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 I don't, I don't know. It's like if he just sticks to typing and putting shit in pen and paper, it sounds so much better. But when it actually vocalizes, I don't know where the fucking dynamic changes, but it is so much better when it comes to <laughs> paper. I swear to God, these articles are something special.
0: Yes, I want to also start off this true hill he by shouting out Santana. Of proud and powerful of the formerly known as lax yes. who reposted my article on the 10 greatest AEW yes. dynamite matches of their first year. Happy uh congratulations to all Elite Wrestling on their one year anniversary. We're gonna talk about AEW Dynamite and WWE NXT from this week. But first, we have to shout you guys out our true heel roll call, where we thank you, our subscribers, our viewers of the podcast, our list. Listeners and everyone supporting us on social media. Our top three conversation starters on the True Hills group page. Coming in at number three is the New Japan aficionado, James Wims. Coming in at number two is Argino Bissoni from uh, Ramblin' Mania. A c- pretty cool podcast there. He's number two on our uh, True Hill Trinity. And coming in at number one,
1: Mr. 83 Weeks, Goldberg Streak, the Negro Buck, Nick Jackson. <laughs> Shit, he's trying to go for one seventy three and no, oh, baby, he's trying to go at one seventy three mark. Like he's done with eighty three already. <laughs> I,
0: I, I think we're, we're 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 approaching. I think if he makes it to True Hill, he to one hundred, we're gonna have to re- put his his jersey in the in the uh, in the Raptors and retire him because he is he is blowing everyone out the water when it comes to coming in at number one. Our True Hills that we got to shout out: Cody Thornton, Luke Walls, Grove ian reagan jason goodman and a new follow a new follower over on twitter is deb's harley mitch so twitter's been blowing up we just hit 450 uh followers on twitter so we're we're growing slowly but surely we're gonna hit that 500 mark pretty soon so twitter is growing as well our youtube subscriber highlight of course we have the king of the comment section kayfabe tactus he commented on g1 climax night 13 and 14 a part of j news japan seriously new japan is on fucking fire right now even their young lion matches are killing it every night with yoda the medium being the new guy when the only complaint on a wrestling show is the lack of people there are two women (laughs) uh then you know you've uh, got a good thing going but not as good as you all Who continue to make me smile every time I get to hear your opinion on things? I enjoy keep up the good work. Thank you so much kayfabe tactics. We always appreciate your feedback and comments in the comment section uh, Steve salvage the good brother one of our admins on the true hills uh group page He says hard to have a great video package for Jericho when the WWE owns so much of his highlights you can mention some of it because you can't see any of it on AEW and that was him commenting on Wednesday Night Warriors with uh, Romeo and Chris G. Kwame Shafir commented on True Hill Heat 95 this man clearly doesn't care about the safety of people let alone his performers because at the end of the day the performers are nothing more but glorified circus animals to make him money and he famously said in that 2000 promo on Raw it's all about the money and that statement 20 years later rang so true today that was a part of us talking about WWE possibly going back to full capacity shows and kid get money talking about joints and jabroni number 12 blunt fired up ready for the show of course you always have to have a blunt ready when you're watching joints and jabronies and maybe A lot of people should have had a blunt ready for a long weekend because what we miss is GCW's The Collective Weekend, a celebration of independent pro wrestling, a celebration of pro wrestling in general. It was 12, 12, yes, 12 huge shows across three days, four shows per day for GCW The Collective in Indianapolis, a great weekend for independent professional wrestling highlighted by For The Culture, featuring all minority wrestlers. This show had Tuko Scorpio versus A.R. Fox. It had ACH versus Lee Mortirati. It had uh, AJ Gray versus Desmond Xavier, JTG versus Trey Miguel and more. I watched this show and this was one of the best independent shows I've seen all year. Lee Moriarty is one performer that I hadn't seen that much of, but he's Honestly, one of the best technical wrestlers I've seen in quite some time. AJ Gray is the uh, performer that put this whole show together, getting so many minorities from past, present, and future together on one impactful show. And he had one of the best lariats I've seen in quite some time and took off Desmond Xavier's head. Uh, JTG looked great. He looked like he hasn't missed a step. But most of all, 2Core Scopio, at 54 years old, hit a flip Leg drop followed by a moonsault leg drop at 54 years old on wait, wait, what? Yes, yes a moonsault a moon salt leg, salt leg drop. Yes. Go out of your way It's a gift going online mm. on the Twitter machine. All right. on social media go out your way and watch that it's on fight TV So it's available right, for, for a very eight. low price. I so think it's like ten twelve dollars so For the
1: clip to a sitting position. Yes, he did that 50 sounds incredible. Yeah, it does. 54 yeah, well. years
0: old. Like,
1: I, That's just, some keep... straight WWF no mercy shit. <laughs> I just have to keep saying
0: 54 years old. But this weekend also what had... What the
1: fuck are we uh, doing with our lives? Like, I don't even think we can jump off the top rope right now. And, no. like, good Lord. All right, I'm, just... I'm going to the gym as soon as we're done with this podcast. I'm going to just go right, in, right, down, right down my room right over here. It just', it just put, work This just, is
2: crazy. Just puts it into perspective when certain 50 year olds can't put on good matches anymore. It's possible. That's really all that says.
0: Looking at you, dead man. Anyway, um F-
1: <laughs> F- F- H- J- too. we're talking about that Triple H shade, J- too, son. <laughs> F- <he's>, um,
0: <laughs> we had Effie's Big Gay Brunch as well, bringing all LGBTQ community together, all professional wrestlers from those type of backgrounds coming together for one show. Very inspiring show there. You had Joey Janela's Spring Break, which was four and a half hours long. It was like a WrestleMania within itself. Uh, uh, freelance underground from Chicago, the good brother there. Uh, Stad King is a big fan of freelance. They were on this GCW collective, as well as John Josh Barnett's Bloodsport featuring John Moxley versus Chris Dickinson in the main event. Uh, no ropes, no turnbuckles. This was pure wrestling and MMA style professional wrestling there, and uh, there was a lot lot more, but we have to talk about coming out of the weekend. There was a lot of controversy and the stuff to talk about first of all there was a huge outbreak of the virus with several Fans reporting themselves as being sick, as well as independent wrestler Dan the Dad uh, admitting to testing positive for the virus. Up to, reportedly, by the time of this recording, up to three different wrestlers have tested positive for the virus coming out of this weekend. Uh, Dan the Dad competed on the Glory Pro Show, teaming with Allie Clad to verse Top Flight and Gay Tactic. Um, panic and also reported coming out of this weekend uh, there was a dispute with Ethan Page and the GCW owner uh, Brett Lauderdale concerning trading cards that were sold before the show. Ethan Page got into a very public dispute with Joey Janelli which we talked about on True Hill Heat 95 but him and um, Brett, the owner of GCW, got into a big dispute at one of the shows that was seen and reported on by Fightful Select and a gear maker, lastly has accused Logan stunt gcw wrestler and brother of aew star marco stunt of sexual mixed conduct in our latest speaking out scandal so i know you guys didn't see a lot of the shows but hearing all of that news coming out of it what are your thoughts i know stat king you are familiar with dan the dad so what's your thoughts on him testing positive and other wrestlers out of this weekend it's
2: it's gonna it's going to affect a lot of shows and a lot of promotions. Uh, just offhand you've got what John Moxley was there. You have Marco Stunt, so that's Aews affected there, Chris Dickinson, whether or not they how they stagger tapings with UWN and NWA on primetime Live, that's he's part of that brand and part of that company there. Kylie Ray, that could affect Bound for Glory with her title match against Diana Perazzo. So it's just a huge, huge fallout. It's just a reminder to everybody that while things are starting to open back up, you have to be as safe as possible. And there is—I mean, I understand for some of these uh, guys and girls, this independent wrestling is their main source of income. But if you know you are—if you—if you know you're positive, you cannot—you cannot risk going to these shows and. Performing as much as it may affect your livelihood. This is people's lives at stake. So, yeah.
0: How about you, uh, Top Guy Gigi? What are your thoughts on uh, this? Speaking out allegation against Logan stunt in uh, a gear maker kind of getting into the crossfire very and you know I want to give her credit uh, I'm not going to say state her name to give her some type of ambiguity but she came out in public on Twitter and Really wanted to speak out because you know, she didn't want anyone else to be hurt But Logan stunt kind of being involved in this and any fallout that's gonna have on Marco Stunt as well What do you think about this latest speaking out allegation?
1: uh i i i definitely applaud the courage that that continues to to happen in in this in this professional life because um you see this is probably a norm that happens across all of these companies and the fact that there's a little bit more courage that comes out to even put these people in a spot to be held accountable like it, it, whether it's a ripple effect because now this is going to affect people that they connect with or people that they do shows with, people that they tour with, brands that they might do a one-off show with. It, it provides a serious level of accountability, and now you just need to just behave normal. Like, what is so wrong with behaving normal? Like, why can't we just go to shows, go to work, do our thing, have a night out with the guys, and not do anything disturbing or disruptive to our to our opposite counterpart like why does things have to get to this point but I'm really glad that the courage is being built for more and more women to speak on these things and the fact that I'm I'm actually glad that the name hasn't been uh, if the name has been provided I apologize because I haven't heard the name. But if the name hasn't been provided, I actually kind of like that because that enables other women to still kind of have the same approach but put people on the spot. Because this is a real thing that's happened. It's a real thing that's been happening. It's just been happening since the 40s and 50s. It just continues and it translates on into where 2020 for crying out loud. So this stuff needs to be put in check and people really need to understand that there needs to be serious consequences for their actions.
2: There's so always I, yeah. There's always been that kind of you know, carny aspect to wrestling and that kind of, these are people from various walks of life who are not always accepted for who they may be or how they feel or their perspectives on the world. And so the part of the carny aspect of it is that this is supposed to be a safe space. It's supposed to be a place where people can express themselves safely, securely, and not be worried about anything happening, especially something like this. So, Again, like it's just like as as Top Guys saying, like it's just something that we need to consistently be better at, and knowing that, knowing that, that we need to be out there for other people to be keep your eyes and ears open when you're going to these shows. You see something, say something. Like that's the biggest thing that you can do. Yes, I can't. The
1: wrestling community shouldn't be something that even has that in our language still. Yeah, like we, we we are supposed to be treated as a, a a serious entertainment entity. We're not a cult anymore. This is a global grand scale of of performers that is all across the globe. So this needs this is not some in house shit that just needs to be kept in house. No, like you guys want to be looked at and viewed as real athletes, real people, real superstars, then act like it. Yeah, because you you don't hear the real sports the real giants of the world that has these cases and when they do have them it makes a global scale and that image is on you for the rest of your life and it should be no different with professional wrestlers you guys
0: you guys are on point 100 on both of those topics um i just want to stretch to anyone watching true hill heat that went and had a great time at the collective in Indianapolis whether you are part of the staff whether you're in the crowd or even wrestlers that watch our podcast please please Get yourself tested. Go to your nearest uh, virus testing facility and make sure you are safe and quarantine. just want to stress that most of all and also keep your fellow wrestling fans safe. We talked about this on our Speaking Out episode when that first uh, big movement began, but we can't stress that anymore. Please keep your fellow wrestling fans safe. So we got to move on, guys, and talk about D1 Climax 30. What we missed from this past week We missed nights 13 through 16 Night 13 I want to say In my opinion Was the very best Professional wrestling show Of 2020 It is probably one of to many people The best night of the entire G1 Climax 30 in my opinion We had Jeff Cobb defeating Ishii in an absolute Banger of a matchup We had Abushi um, defeating Suzuki in a fantastic contest. Uh, Uncle Dave Meltzer said it was like a real fighting sequence in a in a in a live action movie. And Okada overcame uh, Shingo in one of the best matches of the tournament. In my opinion, this sealed up Shingo Takagi being my MVP for the G1. Night 14 featured Goto defeating. Um, Tadahashi in an upset. We had Evil over Naito, as we all called, as we were four, all four of us on the panel predicted. Evil did defeat Naito to get the tiebreaker in the B block. Night 15 had Jeff Cobb defeating Will osprey in a great speed versus power uh, contest. And back to back, Jeff Cobb proved Top Guy JJ wrong with two huge victories. Uh, we had Jay White. It's defeating-
1: motivation for him, Dan. <laughs> and motivation for Jeff Cobb. I've been shitting on him for the entire year. And my man is coming through big at the end of the climax. It's the, so, it,
2: it's, it's big win for
1: Jeff Cobb. It's the
2: Top Guy effect. We're Just absolutely. saying, like, you
1: know, he's, he's a special talent, man. I was tired of seeing him losing all these big matches, man. We had
0: Jay White defeating Minoru Suzuki in a fun encounter. We had Okada defeating Ishii in a hell of a main event. Night sixteen had Naito overcome the Sublime Thief Toriano. We had Evil beating Goto and Sanada defeating Tadahashi in a thrilling main event. So. As we go into the final three nights, it's seen, we have four guys in contention in the A block, three guys in contention in the B block. Uh so Stad King, I know you caught up on the G one. What stood out the most to you? What match or which performer stood out this week to you?
2: My one of my favorite matches has been the Kazuchika Okada with Shingo Takagi. That was just phenomenal, and I think it's. Uh, What I what I liked about it is this G1 has kind of shown that growth with Shingo Takagi, where I think New Japan knew bringing him in from uh, Dragon Gate, yeah, from Dragon Gate, they knew that the crowds would be familiar with him, but they still had him start out in the junior division, and they slowly brought him up to speed to the point that now when he's in these matches it does feel like he's a legitimate contender to beat anybody at any point in time, and that's something that's just phenomenally well done. And yeah, he's may not be at that point where he can beat an Okada, but next year, he could definitely be in a position. And that's one of those things that you're kind of already... While you're watching these things, you're already thinking, wow, this is what they can do next year, what they can do coming out of this. That's something that that's always incredible with New Japan, so that's something... I've always I've always liked about the G1 just seeing where they're going to go with it
0: absolutely i i i gave i went the i've been doing the reviews for sports kita for the g1 and only two matches i've given the five stars the full boat as they call it if as regard to the g1 and both of them involved chingo takagi and the second one was against kazuka okada on night 13 night 13 had in my opinion a four and a half star matchup with obushi and suzuki Four stars with Osprey versus Taishi. And Taishi's been a a most improved candidate. Uh, And then also you had Cobb and Ishii in one of the the most... This is probably the most... That's gotten like the most critical acclaim from different fans as well as analysts. Cobb versus Ishii. And that was only the first block match of night 13. So it was like after that match, you were like, can the rest of this card keep up with what's about to happen? And it did. One of the...
2: One of the things I love. Speaking of Ishii, is where he'll just back somebody into the corner and then just stand there. And he won't. And and it's not. A, it's not a situation where he's interfering with them. So the ref's like, okay, you gotta let them out of the corner. He's just standing there and holding on and blocking them. He's just like, yeah, hit me. No, 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 hit me. Come on. That come
0: on. We, we've we've said it on a few true Hill heats in a row. He he is like the video game boss where it oh, takes yeah, several right. hits for him to even sell anything where you you have to hit him. Boom, 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 boom. And then the bar goes a little bit down.
1: <laughs> it's like so you got to break the stun meter first. You got to break yeah. the stun meter first. And then then you start to take his energy down.
0: It's it's so much fun to watch uh, Ishii at work, and he's been one of the standout performers, one of the MVP candidates. It's it's probably between Osprey, Shingo, and Ishii for the best performer. Uh, The the B block, uh, it's down to current and former. LIJ members in the B block we're gonna do our predictions later on but what's your thoughts on the current and former LIJ members in Naito Sonata and Evil being the last three in contention in the B block top guy JJ
1: it actually is it's is pretty interesting and I like, I like the fact that Evil is still very relevant in here like I, I like the fact that since he lost the titles that he's still a key player in this climax because Sometimes when you lose a belt that quickly, you tend to fall off. And I like the fact that he's still involved with two of the biggest names in the entire in the entire brand. So I love it.
0: Well, to give you a little bit of tease for later on in the show, Evil's the only one in the B block that controls his fate. All he has to do is win. He's it's the win. leader. Yes, he's the I- leader. He's the leader going into the final block night. So I, yeah, have to agree I absolutely
1: you. love that. I love when they are able to keep somebody strong even in defeat he has still been able to maintain a solid, solid look to his you know, potential resume because he's still got a, go, a chance to go right right to January. He's got a good chance of that. So that's what's up.
0: See, and we were kind of skeptical of Naito winning the title back so quickly, but it seems like they are still uh, motivated and, and concentrated on building up evil. So that's a good thing to see. So we got to move on to SmackDown and Raw this past
1: week. Take notes.
0: <laughs> we got to talk about the <laughs> SmackDown and Raw this past week. We will talk about the all of the moves in the WWE draft in our top news but really? guess we do. Uh SmackDown we had The Big Dog, The Tribal Chief, not The Tribal Chief, your Tribal Chief, my Tribal Chief our tribal chief roman reigns challenge jay uso in an i quit hell in a cell match with another great promo from the tribal chief um we and but in probably the the bigger the bigger news for the show negatively probably most of all Lars Sullivan made his return attacking Jeff Hardy, Matt Riddle and Miz. Uh, Lars is back and not in good graces with many people behind the scenes as it was revealed this past week that he made sexual advances online to a yoga instructor which has led to many uh, people not liking him backstage but of course Mystic Man still does. Uh, This follows uh, Lars Sullivan in coming out that in the past he's made racial and uh, homophobic uh, comments on online streams before he became a WWE superstar as well as a stint in uh, pornographic uh, media and Apparently, he hasn't learned that much because the sexual advances that he made to this yoga instructor on instructor online were actually very recent. So, what's your thoughts on Lars Sullivan being back on WWE TV and Mir in this controversy, Stat King?
2: So, my thing is this: if you let's let, let's say you've, you've you've made some mistakes in the past, if you've truly changed you're going to do your best not to make those mistakes in the future. And even if you haven't changed, if you want job security, you're not going to make these mistakes in the future. This is to 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 reference something else happening in the news, this is somebody shooting somebody in the foot. Like this is just it's it's stupid. You just you're on the precipice of getting back to where you were. Why would you, you know, do these sorts of things? And even if, even if, you know, it, the, the timeline isn't where him saying these things or having this interaction is that close to when he just came back, this entire time you should have been on your best behavior regardless, assuming you didn't learn your lesson, assuming you're just out there for self-preservation. So, uh, I mean, I guess he's banking on the fact that Vince McMahon likes big, sweaty men. Like, that's, like... I don't know, like that's his, his that's the number one thing working for him, I guess. Uh, so yeah, I mean we'll see what happens with Lars Sullivan being back on TV.
0: Top guy JJ, what's your thoughts?
1: Do we really need to have thoughts on this scumbag? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically what they ended up doing was really so they say they so he 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 grows a beard, looks even more like a fucking perv. And then then he comes back, literally rinse, wash, repeat his same ass shit that it was from last year, comes out, washes the ring. He hasn't had a good match since he's been with the company yet. So it's like, what, what is the purpose of this? Like, why is he here? Wrestling does not need him at all. He is literally a waste of an entrance, a waste of time a waste of my eyeballs watching any program for 3 to 5 minutes because that is literally all he's good for and and as soon as he's back on the scene he's he's doing what he's been vilified for to begin with and he just doesn't know how to fucking stop like so this is the problem that I'm saying when it comes to this realm of this cult that they feel that they're in like this is the life this is that wrestling life no the fuck it's not This is real life, and you are a normal person just like the rest of us. It doesn't make you any bigger. It doesn't make you any better. So, when you want to make these advances and you want to actually like forget what year we're in, you want to forget the year that we're in and still be this same, you could see where he came from, you could see where he was raised, you could see where he grew up at. It's just a disturbing thing. And now he's back on television because. As Stat King said, he's big. He has muscles, and he's somebody that can probably challenge or fight Biggie at some point. Like, it's really just thinking about story ahead of what he can potentially do. When no one is fucking interested, no one cares. No one cares about this man. So why the fuck is he on TV? And he's been on TV twice a week, every fucking week
0: yep even back last year and now we're back to the same thing hopefully it stays on friday night and i can turn the channel when it comes on but we have to move on uh bailey got herself disqualified also on smackdown in the first match between her and sasha banks this sets up their matchup at hell in a cell inside the steel structure kofi and xavier woods uh returned to smackdown and won the smackdown tag team titles over Nakamura and Cesaro we will get to the fallout from that match shortly in our top news Uh, Raw we had to the Stat Kings brother from another mother his cousin from another uh, Muzzard I don't know how you say that one, but uh, Mustafa Ali was not on (laughs) This Monday Night Raw this week and retribution we did not get the explanation promo from Ali Uh, And this was the third week without raw underground uh, what's your what's your thoughts, uh, Stag King? I don't think we asked you the last time you on. I think we just asked you what was your general opinion from what you saw. But what's your what's your thoughts on Mustafa Ali being the leader of uh, Retribution and the fact that he wasn't on Raw this week uh, to get his explanation of why?
2: So at first I hated it because Mustafa Ali is somebody to me that is born to be a babyface. Like he just has that personality but the more i thought about it it did make sense because that's the kind of person that when you never think they're going to become a heel and they do become a heel it automatically adds credibility to whatever they're being a heel for yeah and on top of that i don't so i don't think this was planned i don't think that them i think it was just vince rewriting the script and them cutting uh you know time for mustafa ali giving the explanation for retribution or yeah, retribution. But how he has handled that on Twitter has been absolutely phenomenal. When you know people are saying, you know, we were supposed to get this explanation. Why didn't you uh, give us this explanation? And I didn't even know that that had happened. And I'm seeing, I'm just seeing the exchange on Twitter, and he's saying, oh, you know, it does kind of suck when things are promised to you and then they just doesn't happen, or you know, something to the effect of, I because I remember when I when when retribution debuted. And I'm looking at the names, and I'm like, this is just stupid. And I remember, I remember, you know, we, we talked about it, and uh, I'm talking about it with others how stupid the names are. And, you know, to think that how he was able to twist that because when he first debuted in the, in the, in the independence and going through the independence, it was Prince Ali, and he had a negative, stereotypical foreigner gimmick. And he changed once he realized what that effect was having on people, what they thought about people of his skin color, of his ethnicity, and how he could be a positive change. So now when people are making fun of the names, he went on Twitter and he said, yeah, imagine judging people because of names. And just the way he's able to twist it, it's, I don't even like retribution. I think the concept of retribution is absolutely horrible, but now I want them to win everything. (laughs) because because, and maybe that's just because i'm a mustafa ali mark but like at the same time he has the best heel the best heel is somebody who believes they are the hero of their own story yes and he believes he's the hero of his own story that's incredible and so he's now going to be able to take these guys that are horrible bane ripoffs and turn them into something that is actually good And that's always great to see
0: I, I totally agree with you uh, top guy JJ I, I we will get into it on the top news like I keep saying he made a call for somebody to come over to Monday Night Raw that will probably bring this whole story with Mustafa Ali yeah. and retribution so that's a little teaser for what's to come also on Monday Night Raw we had Lana became the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship top guy JJ what's your thoughts on Lana going week after week through a table by Nia Jax and then uh, They throw her this bone Of becoming the number one contender In the main event of probably One of the most drawing uh, Monday Night Rawls of the year with the draft She wins the main event and is the Number one contender to screw up The the, the people's theory that they're Punishing her because Rusev Or Miro is with AEW
1: you, you know Something In the moment I Absolutely hated it but when I slept on it, I absolutely loved it. <laughs> and, and reason being, right, is because everyone and their mama knew that Charlotte Flair was coming back to win the Battle <laughs> Royal. Like, everyone knew it. It was a foregone conclusion that this was definitely going to happen. You know, the swerve is in play. They put all these women in there so Charlotte can wash them up. Guess what? Charlotte wasn't even in the goddamn match. He wasn't in even in the motherfuck- so this is what you call Getting swerved Like swerved Like you just got This is the type of decision That they know is going to piss you off They know this decision is going to Piss you off and it fucking worked I loved it I absolutely loved the troll job that they did With that because they know good and damn well Lana ain't winning the match She's not winning it whatsoever But this is just like haha! you motherfuckers Think y'all know everything right Here's a bone. Here's Lana, the one that's been fucking getting an ass beat for the past month, and she's going to get a title shot for it now. Hey, now,
2: nobody thought Ginger Mahal was going to beat Randy Orton after he won his oh. Battle Royal number one contender.
1: Don't hinder Ginger, you bastards!
0: Why do you have to rem- remind me of yes! New York
2: time. that Thank dark time? That's
1: The 50th WWE
0: champion in history.
2: Thank you for coming to my Gender Mahal TED Talk.
0: <laughs> that dark, dark time in the WWE.
2: Hey, I was there personally for that, all right? That I, dark I time. know.
0: I know. Uh, Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton got into a show-along brawl on raw as well We saw the return of Elias We saw a ricochet defeat Cedric Alexander in his last match against the Hurt Business by using the Eddie Guerrero Trick in in and he he did it in Will Smith style in uh, Fresh Prince when he was in the church if you remember that episode uh, So yes, it was a great play right there, but uh, that was all from raw impact wrestling had Ritz one announced, he has cleared for Bound for Glory as he saves Scott Damore from a beatdown at the hands of Eric Young. We had Gallows defeat Fulton in a no-disqualification main event matchup. We had Kylie Ray defeat Kimberly. Um, we had Rhino get Heath a spot in the Call Your Shot gauntlet. With either one of them winning, Heath gets his contract but if they both lose, Rhino loses his contract and finally moves Bloodied uh, EC3 at a bridge and takes back the TNA Heavyweight Championship very quickly. Stat King, what's your thoughts on Rhino being the best friend in professional wrestling, risking it all for his good friend Heath?
2: Yeah, that's 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 really. Despite everything else that happened in the show, that that's the one thing that stuck out to me the most. Like they always say, like there are no true friends in in professional wrestling. Everybody's gonna turn on somebody in the backstabbing, this, that, and the other. But right here. Rhino put everything on the line for his friend Heath. Everything on the line because he knows that Heath has kids and he knows that he's got to help his friend. He was the one who brought Heath over and said, Hey, we can get you a contract here. And then now they run into all these roadblocks. So for him to put that, put his job on the line is just my goodness. What, what, what can be said? Tune into Dark Power. <laughs> That's <laughs> what can be said. Yes, indeed. <laughs>
0: That's what can be said cheap plug.
1: <laughs> so uh, learn it from the best, learn it from Mr. Mick.
0: So that brings us to our top news and of course that is WWE Draft 2020 Fallout and the headline of it all For either night, of course, is the new day split up. This week was the WWE Draft 2020 on SmackDown. The most noteworthy move was Raw in the USA Network, drafting the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, followed by SmackDown picking Big E to split apart the New Day. We also saw Seth Rollins, Murphy, and the Mysterios moved over to SmackDown. We saw Otis goes to uh, SmackDown while Tucker goes to Raw splitting up Heavy Machinery as well. AJ Styles, Naomi, Miz, and John Morrison as well as Drew... Gulak moved to Raw, while Bianca Belair moved to SmackDown. Also, Kalisto went to SmackDown, while Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado picked up by Raw, splitting up the Lucha House Party. On Raw, Smack- Street Profits moved to SmackDown in the first round. So Adam Pearce, our unofficial authority figure, uh, has Street Profits and The New Day. Swap titles, because the Raw Tag Team Champions sure. can't be on SmackDown, and the SmackDown Tag Team Champions can't be on Raw. So they swap <clears throat> titles, no hand sanitizer hand sanitizer or anything. One of the most hilarious title changes I've seen in quite some time. Uh, the Fiend is your top pick for Monday Night Raw, as well as Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross being moved over as well. Uh, Retribution are picked in the third round by Raw for... Reasons, I guess, with uh, Mercedes Martinez reportedly being dropped from the stable, she was not a part of the graphic that showed the group. So apparently, Mercedes Martinez is not in retribution and may be moved back to NXT. Braun Strowman, Matt Riddle, Jeff Hardy, Elias, Eric of the Viking Raiders, and Sheamus all go to Raw. While Kevin Owens, Lars Sullivan, Apollo Cruz, Dolph Ziggler, Buddy, uh, Bobby Roode, Selena Vega, Billy. K, Natalia and Alistair Black all moved to SmackDown. Andrade and Mickey James are the only undrafted uh, talents. It was reported by PW Insider that both of those uh, individuals will be uh, picked up by Monday Night Raw. And later, it was revealed that Andrade will have elective surgery, which will put him out for one month. After he did tease that he would be moving over to NXT. So, Top Guy JJ, I will start with you. What are your overall thoughts on the WWE Draft 2020?
1: If, if they do not just carry the same old storylines from Monday to Friday and Friday to Monday, because that's basically what happened with the drafts is that they literally took Monday stories and put them on Friday and Friday stories and put them on Monday. If they make them go in different paths, you will feel two different shows. But knowing the WWE they're gonna keep a few of these stories together and just change the nights up. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I was calling for for the entire draft, which I absolutely loved, and I is to just build on that retribution story. I'm loving what I saw when I saw so I like Kofi. Just co- holy shit, this actually happened! <laughs> like it actually, I was like, yo, I was just like throwing a whim out there for that shit. And now Kofi's on Raw. And then literally a few days later, you saw Mustafa tweet, hey, Kofi, like, it was like, oh, shit, this shit is really happening. Like, like, that, that would make this whole draft phenomenal. If this act, because this, this, this whole, because this can drag out for months between Mustafa's story and then how he, because this is one that's going to create some amazing fucking matches. It's going to create some really good matches between Kofi and Mustafa. Because you already know that they can both go in the ring for, for, for quite a while. I'm looking forward to that. And the Fiend and Alexa just fit. Like, they look like they just fit on Raw. Like, it, it, it looked seamless. So, so, from I liked what I saw from the beginning. I did call that this was going to be the weakest draft. Which I still stand. This, is, this, this draft really hasn't done anything really. They literally made the picks and then they just moved on. Like there was no thoughts on the picks. You just saw a glimpse of it, you saw the picture, and then they moved on. The draft, it yeah. had no impact. They didn't make it seem like it was impactful at all as to what was really happening to these superstars. They just, it just, it was just like basically next man up, next picks up, nothing to carry it because when they used to get drafted, you used to get something, used to get some meat with it. Yeah. You used to get an entrance, you used to get something to go with it. Now they just pictures and move on, pictures move on. It felt lifeless. The draft felt lifeless. But if you think about the names that's moving over, there could be a lot taken from this. But the draft felt lifeless.
0: So, Stad King, what's your thoughts on the New Day splitting up? Are you, did you like the fact that the USA Network chose to pick just to Kofi and Xavier and not the entire New Day, the way they were drafted and split apart? And do you you believe that Big E needed to be separate from the rest of the New Day to get this push that everybody's been talking about?
2: I don't think Big E needed to be separated because Kofi didn't need to be separated. Uh, However, at the same time, if the purpose of separating them is to, and this is not a knock against Kofi or Xavier, But to remove the powerhouse from New Day and then put Kofi and Xavier up against retaliation, where they not only are the retribution. Sorry, retribution. Only one
0: of them is retaliation. Only one person.
2: And she's now back in NXT. Uh, But yeah, retribution. If that was the purpose, to remove that powerhouse and then automatically, even if Biggie had been there, they would be at a numbers disadvantage. But now to remove the powerhouse. That just adds something really interesting to the storyline. Will New Day look to maybe recruit a new member? Will that be part of what's going on there? Maybe, maybe not. I doubt it. But just that aspect of what could happen, that, I think, kind of makes it so that both of them, while they are separating them, they're both starting off with strong storylines. It's going to be Big E you don't want them to be separated, but if they are going to be separated, Biggie's going to be on solo run, and we're going to see Kofi up against Mustafa Ali, who is going to be fast becoming one of the top heels on Raw, but for The Fiend coming, showing up there. So that part of it, I, I kind of... I mean, you never... Like, some teams you don't want to see break up, but for them, it had just been so... Like, how many more times can they win the tag championships? Like, it's just... Yeah, I mean, and to the point that now they're, they're literally just handing them over to somebody and getting tag championships in return in one, in, one of the, in one of the dumbest things I have heard or seen in such a long time. Like, I, I remember a time when they had the draft and all of a sudden the Intercontinental Champion's on a different brand, the U.S. Champion's on a different brand, and there's a pay-per-view coming up where the titles could switch back. Or they could stay on one brand. I remember a time when both world champions were moved to one brand and there was suddenly going to be a SmackDown championship that JBL's trying to win no. because there's no there's no world championship on SmackDown. You could have built in you could have built in ways to build these storylines out. And on top of this, you could have situations where let's say somebody from Raw is trying to get the Raw Tag Championships from Street Profits and they fail. Well, and you have somebody fail to get them from the SmackDowns from uh, from New Day. Well, now going into Survivor Series, where it's brand versus brand, you can ask them, well, you're the Rogue champions, but you're on SmackDown. Where are your loyalties? And you can ask the SmackDown champions the same thing, and they're now going to be facing each other. So I think they they had the possibility to create some really interesting stuff to take us through the end of the year, but they just kind of, I don't know, as his usual WWE fashion, just kind of hot it and moved it a little bit too quickly than they needed to.
0: That was actually a, uh, an interesting way to get around that uh, those draft moves that I hadn't heard as of late. Like, like using the Survivor Series as a storyline plot for the the different brands being on the different brands with the tag team titles. So that was a good point right there by Stat King. Uh, top guy JJ, who do you consider the best initial move? From the WWE draft
1: Oh absolutely the winner of this draft And he wasn't even drafted He wasn't even drafted to Raw To me was Mustafa Ali The, yeah. the, the him The storyline that he's about to Inherit is going To catapult him To the highest Of mid card status Or it is going to be As soon as Drew drops This title to be In contention just to even be sprinkled into there like mustafa's role is going to dramatically increase based on what he's going to get out of this story that is coming up in the coming months kofi being moved is going to work magic for them and i still think i still think at some point in time that i believe that otis is also going to get traded to raw I still I still see Otis getting traded. I right? and, and I and once that happened, then I believe that he's gonna also be an MVP candidate too. But I, that's yet to come. But I'm going with Mustafa, and he wasn't even he was drafted technically, but he didn't move. Yeah.
0: Uh who would you say out of the people that did move uh brand Stat King was the, the best initial move?
2: I think it's gonna be the fiend, simply because pairing him with Alexa for sure, like cementing that pairing is incredibly strong, and we don't, I don't know if we necessarily need, because whatever whatever brand The Fiend's on, unless he's, you know, doing whatever insane thing comes to his mind, he should be going after the top title. And we really don't want to see Fiend versus Roman in that sense, because it's hard to figure out who you want to win, because Roman's now doing the work of possibly his career as a heel, and everybody just loves The Fiend, just for the uniqueness of his presentation. So I definitely say bringing the, uh, the fiend over to raw is incredible. And just to piggyback off of uh, what, what top guy said, I'm an avowed Mustafa Ali mark, and I've been an avowed Becky Lynch mark for, since she was before, before, she even signed with the company, it's incredible how for both of them, injuries are what's going to help propel them to the next level. Because with but for Mustafa Ali getting that injury, Kofi Kingston doesn't come in to the picture a year ago and, now we're seeing fast-forwarding and seeing what happened, and but for Nia Jax
1: breaking her face, Becky would not have had as big of a run as she did.
2: Makes and the piggyback
1: of something that you just actually just said, the piggyback of something that you, you said with that, um, I've been very, very, as SP knows, I've been very hard on the WWE's booking and movement of Bray Wyatt. This, to me, was one of the best, the best moves that they've done with him it said not only they want to keep him at this super strength level but I feel that moving him to Monday Night Raw protected him from having to face and deal with and possibly lose again to the hottest thing in the company so I love the move to get him away from that and then insert him into that title picture with a sizzling down Drew McIntyre because his run is getting kind of long to what's to possibly come if even Randy Orton becomes champion because you know they got history so I, I like the turn of events that they have started to do with Bray Wyatt so I'm actually starting to like what they've done with him so kudos keep the shit up because that Alexa Bliss appearance with him that double twisted sister Abigail was a fucking thing of beauty like the twisted union is what yeah. they call oh,
0: it man so that, yeah,
1: that shit that,
2: was good that's what I'm saying though. Like they, there are certain uh, writing decisions or creative decisions that they're knocking out of the park. But at the same Got time, it. doing things like just having these guys exchange titles, they could have had a situation where a SmackDown team is facing New Day for those SmackDown championships, and then Retribution causes the loss.
1: stacking they're not all the way smart. They're not all the way that's smart, man. They got main card story writers, and that's it, man. They, they got you, the main you, story.
2: And then you just have uh, the next Raw, Kofi, be like, well, I don't understand why you would have done this to me. And then Mustafa's like, well, no shit, you wouldn't understand. But here's why. And that just kicks it off.
0: There's only certain things they can get right. But I totally agree with you guys as far as uh The, the Fiend. And I think I think that I, I've been predicting for how many months for Randy Orton to beat Drew McIntyre. I think that I like the fact that The Fiend and Alexa attacked heels in Andrade and Zelina. Because it points to them potentially being babyfaces on Raw. And we could get Fiend versus Randy Orton. And he can... Redeem himself for that atrocity, even though I was the only person that predicted <laughs> Randy Orton beating him at WrestleMania 33 He can get revenge on that all these years later
1: Yeah, with the, with the rules so, so reversed thinking about, it, thinking about it from those angles The draft can be something that turns into a lot of special storylines
0: Absolutely, we gotta move on to The Wednesday Night Wars. It is week 50 of the Wednesday Night Wars between WWE NXT and AEW Dynamite. We had WWE... Yes, we had WWE NXT two weeks after Takeover 31 while AEW Dynamite celebrated its one year anniversary. If you guys missed True Hill Heat 95, we gave you our individual top three moments of AEW Dynamite's first year. So definitely check that out from True Hill Heat 95. You can go on Sports and check out my top 10 greatest AEW Dynamite matches of the first year, as I said earlier in the show. And, of course, if you don't agree with us, this is the time where we decide what was the better show between WWE NXT and AEW Dynamite. If you don't agree with us, check out Wednesday Night Warriors with Chris G. and Romeo as they decide what was the better show for the week. But we break down the ratings, we tell you what happened, we decide what was the better show. I don't know if anybody want to take over for Chrissy Love and hit the drums before I give you the ratings for Week 50 Thank you. Thank you guys. <laughs> WWE NXT comes in with 651,000 viewers. This is I believe slightly up from uh, last week, but definitely below the 700,000 marker. Wow. AEW Dynamite is back up and it's up a lot to 826,000 viewers for their one-year anniversary, AEW Dynamite wins for I believe this is the 40th time out of 50 weeks. Wow! Wow! WWE NXT had Damian Priest defeat Dexter Lumis to defend the North American Championship after interference from Cameron Grimes. After the match, Johnny Gargano attacked Damian Priest to set up a rematch between Gargano and Priest for the North American Championship at Halloween Havoc, and this also. Gargano defeating the Austin Theory earlier in the night also earlier in the night Candice LeRae the wife of Johnny Gargano defeated Shotzi Blackheart to become the number one contender for Io Shirai's NXT Women's Championship at Halloween Havoc and both matches will be decided by spin the wheel make the deal. A, a, a legendary storyline, a legendary gimmick from the old Halloween havoc from the 1990s. Uh Finn Balor had surgery on his jaw and may be out for an extended period of time as NXT tries to decide what they're gonna do with the NXT championship if he is out for a longer time like longer time period than they once believed. The Undisputed Era defeated Bert Birch and Lorgan to verse Angle for the NXT Tag Team Championships next week. Ember Moon cut her best promo to date in
1: a vignette. I wanted to hear what she was going to say about that.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I I put that in my notes. That was their best promo to date to hype up her her return in a vignette. It was a pre-tape promo, to be fair. But it was her best promo. Tony Storm made her in-ring debut, defeating Aaliyah as well. AEW Dynamite celebrated a one-year anniversary with Jon Moxley defeating Lance Archer in a great, no-disqualification main event to defend the aew world title and then after eddie kingston attacked john moxley to set up a match at full gear it is 2020 and a new yorker a yonkers new yorker eddie kingston may be in the main event for the world title at aew's next pay-per-view Chef's kiss. Cody and Orange <laughs> Cassidy go to a 20 minute time limit draw in their TNT Championship match. In my opinion, that was the match of the night. FTR defeated The Best Friends in a very fun solid opener to defend the AEW World Tag Team titles. Miro and Kip Sabian attacked The Best Friends or as Miro called them the Good Friends nice. for destroying his shit, their arcade cabinet during that match. Uh MJF considers slightly Literally possibly maybe uh considers joining the inner circle and set up a steak dinner with him and Chris Jericho for next week. Sammy Guevara revealed himself as the person who attacked Matt Hardy all those weeks ago. Sheeta defeated Big Woe to defend the AEW Women's Championship. A random draw and probably the, the miss, the lowest point of the show, the random draw for a full-way tag team type contenders uh matchup for next week. We had a bracket reveal reveal for the number one contenders tournament for the AEW world title to be decided at full gear and it will be Phoenix versus Penta L0M in the first round. Let's go and Omega and Paige are on opposite sides of the bracket. Stad King, I know you don't watch both shows, but what was your thoughts on AEW Dynamite before me and Top Guy JJ decide what we thought was the better show for the week?
2: I thought the show overall, top to bottom, was very well done. The sheet of Swole, I mean, there has to be, there has to be something that wasn't incredible, like something that has to bring the show down a little bit, and I think that was the sheet of Swole match and the uh, four-tag-team announcement kind of thing, where it just kind of devolved into a little bit of weird chaos. Um, the Cody, the, the Cody, the Dar- Cody OC match was incredible, Um, again, Orange Cassidy just week after week, just proving why he is one of the most underrated people in just professional wrestling, persons in professional wrestling. His character work, phenomenal. His in-ring work, also phenomenal. And Cody, you know, it it always takes two to dance, and Cody brings something to the table that it's very hard to to have, that somebody else can be very hard to mimic or very hard to do as well. And That was by far a match of the night to me. Very good show. The only thing I thought was, or I kind of felt like I thought maybe they would do something, and maybe, you know, just it's just not on the same level to me, but I thought they were going to end with some kind of big-ish, relatively kind of angle or something like that, just to mimic what they did in the first year. But, I mean, can really anything top the formation of the inner circle? It's kind of hard to do that. So at the same time, I was like, all right, you know, I think they knew they weren't going to be able to top that, so why even try? But Eddie Kingston just, just the 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 guy is amazing on the mic, and just how he's able to, he's like John, you know, we go no, John, come on, John, like get he's get get the world champion's belt, get get the world champion's belt, come on, John, no no no, we 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 go back, I, I'm not, you know, it just. Boom, out of nowhere, such a, a New York! <laughs> a a oh, my, yes, I love it. Oh, my M- God. maybe
0: it wasn't like the shock that you probably wanted, but I feel Eddie Kingston positioning himself as the number no one contender going into a pay per view is a big angle because he wasn't here a year ago, he wasn't supposed That's to fair. be here, he yeah. wasn't supposed to be here months ago. He'd earned every single opportunity that he has gotten in aew dynamite he over he he over delivered against cody that's how he got his contract now he has a stable with the lucha bros he talks forward the lucha bros the one of the best tag teams they feel important for the first time in a very long time we're we're looking forward to there and then his explanation for those two going at it in the in the um first round as well added to that as well so eddie kingston helped not only. The tournament, but he helped out his own storyline with John Moxley. So, Top Guy JJ, we will start with you. What did you think was the better show, AEW Dynamite or WWE NXT?
1: Before I answer that question, just um, help me just remember what was the, the main event? Damian Priest fought I because I, I like the match. Dexter Loomis. It. I think this is it's unfair. I think this week is unfair. I don't think this week was fair because. I mean, hands down, AEW won the week. I mean, as far as I, it was, because I think NXT put on a pretty solid show. I think NXT was pretty solid again this week. But just going up against AEW's one-year anniversary, knowing the matches that we were about to get, it was going to be top. For, and I, AEW put on a damn pay-per-view on a Wednesday. Like, they, they literally had a pay-per-view card on a Wednesday. And, 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 and the Black Blackheart and Candice LeRae match I thought was actually really good. I thought the main event match was actually really good. Like, NXT had a good show. They had good pieces in there. So I'm not going to downgrade NXT by saying AEW was that much better. But AEW was that much better. Like, AEW's show just, like, I mean, come on. Like, Cody and I've been feeling this way for the past maybe six months. With Cody is the master right now in wrestling. He's the master of the big fight feel feeling. He's the master of it. Like, you can see it, like, with his title, with one, the entrances, the way these things go, like, the way his character is presented, there's a big fight feel every time he seems to come out to the ring. And that entrance theme definitely helps matters, too, because just the whole aura of him makes it feel like something big is coming. And, And he has been the master at that for months, so that... And then him and Cassidy. Like I don't think even Orange Cassidy is underrated right now. I think Orange Cassidy is getting the props right now that is warranted. Like he is in a huge angle right now. He's got the big rematch coming in two weeks. So SP might be two weeks late on his call. He might be two weeks late on his call. But it's showing the respect that Orange Cassidy is getting in AEW right now. It has been straight up for Orange. It has been straight up. Ever since he's debuted there, he has not had a bad angle yet. He's having angles with some of the biggest names in AEW. He just came off of a, a two to three month angle with Chris Jericho. Now he's in an angle with Cody. Now he's in line to potentially become the TNT champion. That's not underrated, brother. That is a man getting his due. Like he uh, and, and it's I know what you're saying, but people will know who the hell Orange Cassidy is at the end of all of this because he will get that proper dude. Not only, right, just yeah. from, not only just from wrestling fans, but people that is common watchers will know who this man is. But AEW just wanted an unfair week because even the, 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 the Moxley and Archer match was a little bit better than I thought it was going to be because I thought that match was going to be pretty ass. I'm not going to lie. It was better than I thought. Way better than I thought. Um, I don't know what the fuck that young bucks segment was i don't know what the that shit just looked like that just that re- literally reminded me of a bad smackdown segment like this shit was just a a, a mess it was a mess yeah, um, yeah. i mean other i than felt
0: had, they're very wwe
1: yeah nxt didn't have a bad show but aw just had an unfair week and to, 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 i'll leave sp to talk about that that steak dinner because <laughs> i am tired of i'm tired of giving these two hand jobs on their promos, like I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, I'm fucking tired of it because I, how? What else are you? Gonna, what else are you gonna say about these two?
0: Um, I agree with you. AEW won this week, but very slightly. I don't agree with you. I thought the main event of NXT sucked. Uh, it was way too long. It drags. Uh, Dexter Loomis, he's a cool character, but his matches feel like eighty-seven hours long. Like he—he he is not the type of worker you give a twenty-minute main event to. I just don't think he is a, a charisma vacuum when it comes to engaging me. I, think, I
1: think I'm just a bigger Damian Priesmark. I think yeah, just no, no, I, love,
0: I, I I love Damian Priest, and I I want him to be in the main event. But Dexter Loomis is just not that guy to be in the main event with him. And I think that is very funny that they are putting the most charismatic guy on NXT and Cameron Grimes against the least charismatic guy on NXT and Dexter Loomis. I just find that a little bit funny. I really enjoyed Candice versus Shotzi. That was a really good TV match. The match of that night from NXT. The opening tag match was really good. And I I got the subtlety in in the way that Roddy and um, Bobby were looking at Kyle O'Reilly like Kyle O'Reilly Talking about they're gonna find out who's behind the whole attack by Ridge Holland I I am digging the, the slow burn even though the undisputed era don't feel quite as hot as they once were I I am liking the slow burn when it comes to that um those are like the two biggest positives. I like how they're building up Halloween Havoc as well. It's going to be a fun, unique show. And I think that's going to be probably the week that, NXT, that I pick NXT for sure over AEW. Even though on the AEW side, like you guys said, Cody and Orange Cassidy was it was great. It exceeded all my expectations. I, of course, predicted Orange Cassidy to win, but that was the best possible way to put him over without him winning like the, the just the whole finish with him getting worked over his leg and then he hits the beach break on the apron puts him back in the ring almost gets to the, the, the three count then he hits another beach break almost gets the the pin then they, they keep they, they're like rallying him up saying that he just has to hit the orange punch and he's gonna win and then his knee buckles and yeah. but he still reverses the the crosswords gets the mousetrap and then the timing of that finish with the referee about to hit the mat for the third time and him win the title but then the time uh runs out their timing was perfect that was one of the best finishes of the year from aew dyna fight as far as a matchup uh ftr versus best friends was a lot of fun um i'm not i don't the only things that were drawing for me on aew even though i'm picking them this week just Ever so slightly, only because I really didn't like the main event of uh, NXT. I like the angle investment on NXT, and I like the angle investment on AEW, But Miro, he looked he looked good in his little squash. This looked a lot better than his uh, first in-ring match, but. He The whole arcade thing, they didn't build it up enough for it to be that important to kind of start that whole feud. I do like the best man versus the best friend, so that's pretty cool. That's a cool dynamic, but that just felt a little bit off. They could have built to that a little bit better. Uh, The tumbler with the random drawing... Why do you have a ranking system? Why don't you just have the four other contenders, because Best Friend was number one contender, just have the four other contenders in a Fatal 4-Way? Why do you need a random drawing out of nowhere with no build-up? That was just stupid. It should have not even been the Young Bucks in that match if you're going to do a random drawing, because it seems really obvious that the Young Bucks win. Um that that just felt off the woman's matchup the timing was just off on a lot of things i really wanted to like that match more than it was but the timing was just off on so many different things and it felt like both ladies kind of lost confidence midway through that match and it wasn't as strong as it could have been but i love the main event the main event was great it exceeded all expectation and it was another match where the challenger looked better than when he went in they did a lot of work in building up lance archer because he missed many weeks the attacks backstage to set up the no dq and then him coming in taking the paradigm shift kicking out at two to start the match taking a paradigm shift through a table and a third one and still kicking out that put him over and then eddie kingston like i said the highlight of the whole damn show and my pick for one of the breakout stars and i know WrestleTalk talk said this as well one of the breakout stars of 2020 is eddie kingston for sure all right so one more question for you guys. Well, for you, Top Guy JJ. Do you think the NXT Championship is cursed, following the announcement that uh, Finn Balor may be out for a little bit longer than we first perceived?
1: Oh, unfortunate man! Like the two best matches that this man has had in the company has involved in serious injuries, like. Both of them like that SummerSlam matchup against Seth Rollins was fucking awesome until he got hurt. That match has such a great build and then he gets the serious injury, which causes him to lose a universal title. This match with Kyle O'Reilly was a certified banger extreme, as you like to say. And then he gets injured here, too. And it's like, God damn, like I'm hoping that this is a two month injury. And they know how to book a story To develop Whether it's a tournament Or something to keep the title on Finn Balor Because he deserves this This title doesn't need to Like yo listen man we've had titles That hasn't been defended in months Like fucking why can't the Brock Lesnar Rule be put with fucking Finn Balor For one time One exception Brock went from fucking WrestleMania to fucking the pay-per-view in July without defending the title one time. So Finn Balor can get the two month exception and they can build a story and a contender around him healing. They have the capabilities of doing this, so they just need to be able to just have faith in this man. Knowing that he can deliver as champion, because he definitely has, and don't fucking take the title off of him because of this injury. I'm hoping they don't remove the title, because it would be a bunch of bullshit. So
2: I have a, I have a quick question. Finn, at this moment, is he a face, heel, tweener? What's his... No, I have no Finn, clue. Finn's a tweener. He's, definitely Finn's no just, he's Finn's just Finn. Then, I mean, he doesn't, need to, he doesn't need to have, like, he doesn't need to be fully healed in order to beat the crap out of somebody. Like if it's just a blindside attack
0: and uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. No, we can't, we can't risk anything. We just had one of the, the next top heels get, get his uh, whole leg blown out from just a plancha. So no, no need yes, to risk, not, to I risk guess. anything like that.
1: And <laughs> it's, if Finn Balor goes from like in the title of our last podcast, Finn is zero to a hundred. Like Finn doesn't know how to let up. Like, you know, So How how can you do something like that and let up like that's And that's we're talking about his jaw. So like he moves in a certain way, his neck snaps and he does something, you know, he's going to be in the moment. So it's like it's hard to let up when you're in the moment because, you know, he's going to be willing to do it if they ask him to, but he's going to be in the moment.
0: Yes, we have to talk about the rest of our news. A lot of WWE news coming out of this week. Uh, one of the big news of the, the day we're recording is Bailey ranked number one in the PWI Pro Wrestling Illustrated Women's 100 from October 2019 to October 20. 20- 20 uh coming in at number 2 is stat King's favorite Becky Lynch coming in at number 3 is Asuka coming in at number 4 is Charlotte Flair and number 5 Sasha Banks, Hakarashida from AEW coming in at number 6, Yoshiribe was number 9 and coming up uh very soon we will have at the announcement at the end of this podcast of something involving the number 14th ranked women's wrestler in the world Thunder Rosa, the NWA World <laughs> Women's Champion, but disrespect
1: on on
0: on Sheeta, damn yo! What's <laughs> fuck fuck? done to be number four? I, I think I think Thunder Rosa was the was the one that was most disrespected for because she was the NWA Women's Champion for the last ten months. Oh, what's and yeah. uh,
1: Fourteen. Oh, she's not even top ten. Yeah, that's yeah, she wanted. She that's wanted ugly. back in. Yeah, she wanted back in January. Yep. For that's really ugly. So, like all ready, okay.
0: Also, big news as far as the law is we got to ask Stag King about this one. Uh, Candy, oh Candy Cartwright files a lawsuit against WWE, Gabe oh, yeah. Sapolsky, Evolve, and Matt Riddle with claims that her past relationship with Riddle led to her WWE bookings being canceled. We talked about Candy Cartwright and the Matt Riddle saga a couple of episodes ago, but what's your thoughts on this uh, huge lawsuit coming up this week? this past week?
2: So, I know that she had made previous claims, and I know that Matt Riddle had, he made a video or something to that effect where he kind of wanted to set the story straight or or kind of explain his side, and if she, from from everything I understood, his video gave a very good explanation and kind of painted her in more of a stalkerish kind of way. So if she's now going, getting to the point that she is filing a lawsuit, either there is more information that she did not originally reveal, or it seems like a money grab.
0: No, she, she originally did reveal that, and then most recently, um, they uh, Matt Riddle filed a restraining order against her, right. and then there was evidence that came up that he had no grounds to do that, um, okay. and he, he like withdrawed the restraining order.
2: Okay, so that part I didn't know. Now with like a yeah, with like a restraining order, you you gotta be able to provide backup information for it. So that is going to be the fact that he didn't get a restraining order, that's gonna be pretty credible evidence in this what is a civil lawsuit against Matt Riddle, Evolve, WWE. I do think it is kind of interesting that she didn't file the lawsuit until it was announced that WWE had fully purchased Evolve. And that it was now owned by them because that's you kind of, in a way, you do inherit liability for when you, when you are purchasing a company like that. So I think that part of it I do kind of find interesting. And originally I paired that with his video to say like it did seem more of as, as a money grab to me. But if you're if you're telling me that the restraining order he didn't get, then that does change things a bit. So it's gonna be it's it's gonna be interesting. Like there's gonna be a lot of. Uh, a lot of depositions that people got to attend, and I don't know. Look, we'll we'll have to wait and see how how this how this all pans out. But if she is telling the truth, then that's that's pretty damning for for Matt Riddle. And Jerry
0: McDivitt, the lawyer for WWE, he don't pull no punches. So I,
2: I, would, <laughs> I, I, I pray
0: for Candy Cartwright. But speaking of Matt Riddle, other news came out this week that there is apparent heat between Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. Rollins saying on the WWE Giraffe Watch Along that he would never work with Matt Riddle during uh, SmackDown this past week. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that the situation. Um, the situation with the uh traveling for WWE uh had has led several several unhappy wrestlers with one talent saying noting that every well, this is all part of the third party bands actually, with that situation that uh there are several unhappy wrestlers, with one talent noting that everyone is mad, but even though they've uh, been mad at WWE several times, they never stand up. It was also noted that female superstars are losing out the most with this third party band ban against Cameo and Twitch, as many of them have been able to make decent revenue from the platforms thanks to their fans. Wrestling Observer Radio and Fightful reports that WWE extended the Thunderdome at Amway Center for another month through November WrestleVolt reports that WWE won't return to their typical live events loop until 2022 as of now how do you think that's gonna affect WWE and their television if they're not gonna be traveling for the
1: duration of 2021 top guy JJ thank god (laughs) Like, thank God. Like, the fuck? Like, if somebody's going to stop them, let the fucking city stop them. Shit. Like, you want to bring people and talk about, here, get ready to travel in the next month or two. Do we not understand that we are dealing with a spike right now? Like, the spike is right now. It's happening now as we speak. Like, both our respected cities are dealing with spikes right now. So you're gonna hear be prepared to travel in the next month? Like, do we not do we just completely ignore the pandemic? Like it's like, yo, if Vince catches the shit, he's already in his 70s, so he's already lived a full life. So it's like he don't care. Like he literally doesn't care. So I'm glad that he has been stopped. So I'm glad that this now has him having to think of alternate plans. To potentially, if to purchase the Amway Center shit, you might need to purchase that shit for another six to eight months. Because thank God that he is not going to be able to travel. And he is not going to put the lives of thousands upon thousands of people in jeopardy. Because you know, if you hear a wrestling show is coming to a city near you. You are going to try to get out. You're going to try and go. And how, how, how many podcasts have we done covering their lack of protocols? So thank sure. thank God. Thank God that this is happening. Because the only way that this was not going to happen is by other people not allowing it.
0: Colta this week reported that Eva Marie has it will reportedly return and re-sign with the WWE. She was also reportedly backstage at WWE Raw this past week. Uh, Paul Heyman did an interview with the New York Post, uh, speculating that our Lord and Savior, UFC Hall of Famer, and the Baddest. Bitch, on the planet, Ronda Rousey may have extended her WWE contract, which is said to expire in April of 2021. John Cena, we gotta say congratulations to, as he has secretly got married to his girlfriend in Florida Nikki Bella. Whew. Uh Alistair Black shoots on WWE Creative in an SI interview with Sports Illustrated, saying that they lost the motive of Black and who he was in NXT on the main roster. Kevin Owens revealed in an interview that he was close to nearly returning to NXT last year, and SmackDown ratings were down to 2.087 million viewers against the NBA Finals, while Raw was up uh, to 1.855 million viewers viewers and latest breaking news daniel bryan is set to return this friday on smackdown with this podcast will probably be out on um, the day after so you will probably already know that but as of our recording apparently he is set to return this is according to inside the ropes aew news bodyslam.net reveals that aew is interested in Mant warner of major league wrestling dr goat Britt Baker caused controversy with Uproc's, uh interview saying that the fans need to not turn the channel if they want more women on AEW Dynamite. Fightful Select reports that Tino Sabatelli was the NXT reject, uh, referenced by AEW officials as linking information including Eric Bischoff as the moderator for the Orange Cassidy Chris Jericho debate. New Japan News. The next tour for New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong uh, will be called Never featuring heavyweight competitors versus the junior heavyweights with Rocky Romero versus Jay White announced as one of the bigger matches and breaking breaking news I got this one in the True Hill Heat journalist chat apparently IWL Inter International Wrestle League that was one of the um, promotions that pretty much um outed uh, Will Ospreay as uh, basically black Balling the independent wrestler Polly, Polly Donna, which got a legit, um, which was a part of the whole speaking out movement, basically, uh, validating Polly Donna's claims against Will Osprey and Babe Priestley. They sent out a tweet, uh, today. This should be a moment where we stand united in support of those affected by the death of Ryan's Ryan Small, as we talked about at the top of the show. Instead, some are ripping into Will Ospreay to avoid any misconception. We have to clarify something. Will did not contact us direct directly about unbooking Polly. The venue did. Regardless of your opinion about him, no mistake justifies the hate that Will constantly gets. It's shameful that some people will stop at nothing. What I am asking for is for people to be more considerate of others and be kind. So basically, I W L. Has basically admitted that they lied during the whole speaking out movement and validated what Polly was saying, and pretty much threw dirt on Will Osprey's name. So that is uh that is quite the revelation right there. Whether they meant to or not, but um that's a that's a that's some big news right there. I just
1: want to I want to piggyback on some one thing that you kind of said during those comments right there. Honestly, and this is no shade. This is literally just we keep it we keep it hundred with everything that we talk about here. That comment about AEW, if you don't want to turn the channel for us to see more women on AEW, do better. Do fucking better. Because NXT had four segments that involved women, and they were all great. So, four segments of women. So, NXT had more than half the show that featured women. AEW, do better. Do better.
2: It's like the one thing that AEW does not do well.
1: So, so tag so divisions amazing. Their tag division's amazing. The, the card division's amazing. <laughs> the wor- the world title picture's amazing. Right. So, so 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 take that shit somewhere else. Don't blame the fans for the lack of women's exposure. Do better. I totally agree with you guys.
0: So we got to move on to ROH Pure. This past week, the second round kicked off with Jay Lethal beating uh, David Finley and Jonathan Grisham submitting Matt Seidel. We also saw Vignette hyping EC3's debut and the return of Matt Taven to attack Vincent. Impact Wrestling News, we had RVD and Katie Forbes are no longer with the company. Fightful Select reports that the relationship between the two and the company lasted a lot longer than most thought it would and Forbes involvement was seen as a favor to RVD there's no backstage heat against the two either PW Insider reports that Joey Ryan has filed a lawsuit on Impact Wrestling for wrongful termination and this follows Ryan following a lawsuit against his speaking out accuser so a lot of speaking out uh, fallout this past week as far as with GCW Collective Will Ospreay with IWL and Joey Ryan. Other wrestling news. Our final notes. Alberto Ovettro, A.K.A. Alberto de Rio, was indicted by a grand jury on aggravated kidnapping and sexual assault.
1: Wow! Yo, another company in this fucking lifetime better never sign him. Please don't. Please don't.
0: Kurt <laughs> Bauer. Bauer of major league wrestling announced that they will start filming episodes of fusion starting in november and that a select few groups of bands will be allowed to the tapings pw insider also reports that mlw plans to return to the 2300 arena in philly and also the company is still building towards a low-key versus king mo rivalry so a lot of news coming out of mlw so stay on the lookout for their return with the restart and another note I was going to say this at the bottom of the show but since we're talking about MLW I just dropped our my interview with major league wrestling tag team champions the Von Erich brothers that is up on the YouTube channel right now so definitely check that out and finally nice. Our final segment of this show, the final weekend in the G1 Climax 30. It is the A Block Finals, the B Block Finals, and of course, the finals of the entire G1 Climax Tournament on Sunday. So Friday, Friday. First up is the A Block Finals in Goku. We got Yujiro versus Jeff Cobb. Both of those guys are eliminated, so that match doesn't mean that much. But you're going to see Shingo Takagi one-on-one with Minoru Suzuki. If you saw the Summer Struggle and Jinku, you know these guys are going to have a banger. This probably will have more to do with Suzuki's Never open weight Championship because both of these guys are also eliminated. The first match of meaning will be an absolute. Certified banger extreme will Osprey one-on-one with his chaos brother Kazuka Okada. If Osprey wins, he can potentially have a tiebreaker if Jay White loses. Okada needs a win here and Obushi and Jay White to lose in their matches. But who do you got? Okada versus Osprey. We will start with Top Guy JJ.
1: Wow. How many times have we said on True Hill Heat that this might be the match of the tournament? Like, (laughs) I've said this already. Like, this might be the match of the damn tournament. Like, how many freaking times are we going to? What the hell? Like, the, the combination of matches that has happened in this tournament has been nothing short of fucking spectacular. And this just does not stop. And I have been riding the hottest hand in the tournament. I'm not going to stop. I am continuing with Will Ospreay getting the biggest win yet again because he's had big wins in each spot of the blocks and the wins just keep happening. This one is the biggest yet again. I believe Will Ospreay pulls this off.
0: This would be his biggest win ever because he is 0-5 against his big brother in Chaos, Kazuka Okada. So this will be his first win in six matches. Who do you got, Osprey or Okada, stacking?
2: So So, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the vibe I've been kind of getting from Will Osprey has been a little bit more of the, like, kind of full of himself, a little bit more of a hubris yes. kind of aspect. Okay. I'm going with Will Ospreay on this simply because I think it's they're maybe moving him towards where he may feel he doesn't need chaos as much. He can do things more on his own. Like he, you know, just that aspect of it I think is kind of interesting. And Okada, I mean, Okada's been ripping off those, uh, you know, winning by ref stoppage. Uh, So we'll see, you know, but I'm going to put my money on, on Will Ospreay.
0: I am gonna go with Okada in this one. With the story of the of the whole tournament, is him being using the money clip for better or worse, win or lose. He has been using that money clip to win matches lately. But I think finally he will pull out the rainmaker and he will win (laughs) the A Block finals. then we have obushi going one-on-one with taishi these two men went one-on-one and the new japan cup 2020 with taishi and the victory it was also taishi and zack saber jr that beat the golden aces earlier in the year for the iwgp heavyweight tag team titles obushi needs a win here and jay white to lose to win the a block so who do you got obushi or taishi stacking
2: i'm going with obushi simply because if anything else, if, but, but for anything else, it puts that much more pressure on Jay White in the final match of the night. So I'm going with Abushi. I mean, I think Abushi should win the match anyway, but I mean, just it also it also gives him the ability to uh, get a little bit of revenge on Taishi and Zack Sabre Jr. for taking the, the heavyweight titles from them, from uh, him and Tanahashi,
1: Dangerous Techers. So, yeah, Abushi, I'm going to go with him.
0: Who do you got, uh, top guy?
1: I, I listen, man. I, I can't go against Ibushi no more after surviving Suzuki. Like, like, like <laughs> you survived that. Like, it's basically like when you level up in a video game, and you get past that middle boss, and you just get a little bit stronger. And and Ishi just kind of staying the same. I think Ibushi's just a little bit stronger right now, and I just think that he survives another another like like How does Ibushi survive all of this? His neck is just. Like, I, I, I just, how did, he, but he's, he's going to somehow survive this, and I'm going with Ibushi to pull out another huge win.
0: I'm going different again because it, it would go against it would go against my pick to win this block. But I'm going with Taishi to pull the upset here and eliminate Ibushi from the A block. Who do you got in the main event? It is Tomo Iruishi one on one with Switchblade J White. J White can win the entire A block with a win. He doesn't need anybody else to lose. All he has to do is win to win the block. Who do you got? J White versus Ishii. I will start with you, top guy.
1: I mean, listen, man. You're not going to call a tournament the J1 and not and not come out of the block. So I'm definitely going with Jay White to pull this one off. And another, and he's been another very, very super solid performer in this tournament. So I'm going with Jay White to win his tournament to win his block. This is the J1 for crying out loud.
0: Who you got stacking?
1: J White got to breathe switchblade always.
0: I'm gonna go with Toma Iruishi. <laughs> just so, uh,
1: just so. Uh, yeah, we, we, the we get the theme that we're going <laughs> with here, right? We go with the theme, so I think I think SP needs to start off the next round. So, yeah. wait, so, 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 so that means you're
2: predicting an Abushi win of the of the block then.
0: No, I, did, I said I said Taishi beats uh, Bushi. I, I predicted Okada to win this block, so Okada oh, needs okay. to win, and he needs a Bushi <laughs> and White to lose. So that's what I'm going with. Um, <laughs> We got October 17th. The B block finals is Yano versus Yoshihashi. Both guys are eliminated already. You got Juice versus Goto Tana- Tadahashi is already eliminated and he goes against ZSJ, Zack Sabre Jr. And then we got Tensuyu Naito, the heavyweight Intercontinental Champion, versus Kenta. If Naito wins and Evil loses, he wins the block. Who do you got? I will start with myself, and I will go with Kenta to eliminate Naito from this, from the B block. What do you got, stacking?
2: I'm going with Kenta as well. It is a rematch of Naito's first title defense coming out of Wrestle Kingdom, and uh, I like Kenta to pick up the win here and maybe be the challenger if they do do a kind of King of Pro Wrestling. Kind of match where somebody from the G1 who has pinned the champion power,
0: power struggle yeah. is the next show. Yep. Yeah,
2: yeah, they, they do that if they keep that theme, but just do it a power struggle. Then I, I'd be the one to say Kenta gets the match there. So yeah, Kenta, Kenta picking up the
1: win over Naito.
0: Top JJ.
1: I mean, I'm I gotta go with Kenta as well. I mean, Kenta has been also like on my my shit list before this tournament, and Kenta has do, been doing a damn good job during this tournament. So I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Kento pulling this off, and honestly, I've been saying it from the start. Naito doesn't need this tournament, so the, these losses aren't really gonna do a damn thing to him. So I'm gonna just go with Kento pulling off wins because he—they just need him. What Naito does, Naito's holding the fucking straps for crying out loud.
0: <laughs> and then finally the main event for the entire B block really, it is Sonata versus Evil. A battle of former IWGP heavyweight tag team champions of former members of LIJ together. Uh this one has been building up for a while and it could decide the entire B block. Because if Sonata wins and Naito loses, he wins well yeah, he's gonna he wins With the entire heart. he wins the entire block. If evil wins, he just needs to win. And he's in the finals. Who you got, Evil or Sonata? Start with you, top guy.
1: Ah uh, man, man, I listen, man. I'm not gonna sit here and and, and, and give Evil all this praise and not pick him. So, like somebody that as you said controls his destiny. So I'm gonna go with Evil to 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 keep his to keep his hopes alive and pull this off against Sonata because I just want to see Evil just remain super strong and relevant inside this tournament. Stacking. So this is, this is I, I know I said it before earlier in the episode, but this is just a
2: testament to Gato's ability to book this. Because if Sonata beats Evil, which is going to be my pick, then he has the ability to, if your pick comes through in the A block, he has the ability to potentially finally beat Okada, to be able to go to Wrestle Kingdom to face Naito, his boss, in an LIJ war. If... Jay White is the one who wins the A block, but Evil pins Sonata, and Evil goes on. Then you have the war between the two Bullet Club head honchos. Either way, it's just going to be incredible, but I'm picking Cold Skull. I'm picking Sonata to finally get that, just that, the next bump, just the next bump up that he needs to be able to continue to show that he is somebody that they can rely on, somebody that they can put the titles on to create new stars uh, for that heavyweight title. So I'm going with Sonata.
0: So finally, we all three have different final matches for the final (laughs) night. Night 13, G1 Climax 30 finals. So I will start with you, stacking Sonata versus Jay White is your prediction for the finals. Who do you got?
2: And here's where I think, I mean, personally, I would want Jay White to win. But I'm going with that LIJ storyline simply because it's been kind of an LIJ year. And I think that would be capped off at Wrestle Kingdom next year if Sonata goes over Jay White and it's Sonata versus Naito. And that's just I like that family feud aspect of it. Uh, you know, who wins in the family feuds? Nobody, but this we win because we get to watch it all play out. So I'm gonna go with Sonata in my scenario.
0: And I, I forgot to make my prediction for Night 18. I'm going with Sonata to beat uh, Evil. So I would have Sonata versus okada and i am going with okada to get the victory and go on to wrestle kingdom just because sonata already got the victory over naito in the in the b block so i think they're gonna say one year in the making another okada and naito at wrestle kingdom what well, you got uh top guy jj the battle of the bullet club evil versus jay
1: white <laughs> I, again man listen man i'm not can't call this tournament the j1 without jay white winning baby you know it's gonna be an intense one to me um it keeps like it keeps evil strongly involved he's in the finals but damn it this is the j1 gotta go with jay white pulling this out
0: all right, and I am I'm, I'm just gonna say I'm only said Okada to win because I already got wrong that Kenta was gonna win the B block already, so I wanted to be <laughs> at least half right. But I think that more than likely, Stat King will be right, and I think that, but I think Jay White will win the G one if Okada does not make it out so the A block. The,
2: the smart choice is a, is a Jay White win to me. My heart wants Okada to win. I'm, I'm JJ News and I are we're just we're just gonna keep picking Sonata no matter what.
0: Kindred Souls, Kindred Souls. So that is all for True Hill Heat ninety-six. A final plug for our lineup, some big interviews as I teased during this teleclass. Uh True Hill's BTR Between the Ropes with the Von Eric Brothers of MLW and Bert Vixen of Mission Pro Wrestling are up on the channel right now. Coming up next week, we have a big one. Thunder Rosa, the NWA World Women's Champion. We had a long interview with her this past week. That will be up on the YouTube channel next week. Uh, c- continued coverage of the G1 Climax 30 with videos for night 11 and 12, 13 and 14, and 15 and 16 on JNews Japan are up. The latest EE Recap, Wednesday Night Warriors, Dark Power, True Rewind, and Joints and Jabronis are all up on the channel. And all new editions of Wednesday Night Warriors. Warriors, Dark Power, and True Rewind will be up next week or this weekend. And the final, J-New Japan covering the G1 Climax 30 nights 17 and 18 will be up. Our G1 Climax 30 finals roundtable will be up next week. And like I said, that big interview with Thunder Rosa. Stadking, thank you for joining us on True Hill Heat 96. Tell the people where they can find you.
2: Uh, you guys, uh, thank you guys for having me as always. And uh, you guys can find me on Instagram. I guess uh, I don't even remember what my username is because I just I, I don't use it that often. Uh, but I'm I'm on the True Heels page and Facebook, and love to chat with you guys there. And as always, uh, Dark Power. You can catch me every week covering Impact, AEW, Dark, and NWA on UWN.
0: Uh, top guy JJ.
1: Uh, Instagram, you can find me at TrueHill underscore TopGuyJJ at Facebook. You can simply find me as Justin Johnson. You'll only find me. You won't find my Black Panther. Hey
0: good thing for that of course you can follow the true heels true heels group page on facebook true Hill heat on facebook twitter and instagram our sponsored uh promotions battle club pro uh, warrior wrestling as well as mission pro wrestling on facebook twitter and instagram our good friends at uncanny attractions over on twitter and instagram and our good friends at wrestling travel on facebook twitter and instagram i was this week on wrestling travels uh, episode 15 of their podcast so check that out on their facebook page as well as wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts youtube channels like battle club pro warrior wrestling mission pro wrestling thunder rosa as well as our good friend jimmy macaram alex mccarthy and chrissy love's favorite my battery is dying of course you can follow miss chrissy love on twitter and instagram and facebook as well and listen to true hill heat on all your favorite audio platforms so once again this coming wednesday Wrestle to wrestling, wrestle talks, uh, YouTube channel, partner to YouTube channel. You could check me out on Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. That is the next time you will see me, besides right here on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. So until True Hill Heat 97 for the Stat King for Top Guy JJ. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. This has been True Hill Heat 96. The road to 100 continues. We are signing off until
2: next time.